Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Atlanta, it's time for the Medical Association of Georgia's Top Docs Radio Show, which is made possible with a grant from Healthcare Research, a subsidiary of Alliant Health Solutions. Visit mag.org and follow MAG on Twitter and Facebook at MAG1849 to find out why MAG is recognized as a leading advocate for physicians in Georgia. Hey, what's up, everyone? It is C.W. Hall, your host here on the Top Docs Radio Show. Thank you for making us a part of your day today. We're continuing our series with the Medical Association of Georgia. Been partners with them now for a couple of years. We have them in a couple of times a month, and we've been able to meet a number of outstanding guests along the way and talked about a number of services that I wasn't aware that were being made available either through efforts of the Medical Association of Georgia or organizations that they want the medical community to know about. And today is one of those opportunities to sit down with the folks from Angel Flight Soars. We've got the executive director, Janine Chambers, and board member, Bert Light, with us, also one of the pilots. So I'm looking forward to hearing about some of the cool things you're doing. Thanks for joining us. Good morning. Thank you so much for having us. Good morning. I was reading some of the background around Angel Flight Soars. It's coordinated more than 39,000 mission flights in the last 34 years. And then in 2016, coordinated more than 3,200 missions or eight missions a day, uh, seven days a week. It helped patients from 34 states ranging in age from newborn to 97 years old. And over the course of that population, over 100 of 180 different uh, medical conditions that you were dealing with with these individuals. Pretty cool. I, I had no idea that you were here. Thank you. It is a wonderful service needed by so many, as you see. Well, obviously, it's been around for a while, 34 years. How did this thing come together? Well, I said we used to be the best kept secret. And so thank you for the opportunity to help share our story. Um, our organization was started here in Georgia by a gentleman named Jim Schaefer. And he was a private pilot himself and a hospital broker. And so in his business and traveling around to the different hospitals, he saw a need for actually initially we started with organs and, and blood, tissues and eyes. And that's kind of how we started. And he saw a need for that to happen. And he reached out to the original, we call them the Fabulous 15, and they all were private pilots and donated their time and aircraft, and they started out in 1983 with a single pager, and when the <laughs> hospitals would page, um, they would share the pager from pilot to pilot, and we did nine missions in our first year in 1983, so we've definitely come a very long way, thank goodness. Wow, that's that's pretty amazing. I can imagine back in those days, it would probably be that much more difficult to network that yeah. this is available because that's what it's going to be back in 1983. It's that's right. shaking no hands or calling folks up to let them know you're around. Yeah, actually going there, beating the streets or the skyways, as we say. Talk about all the different things that you're doing within the Angel Flight Source service because it's not just helping transplantation. It's it's helping people get who, who need to have care in other loca locations get to where they need to go and back. Exactly. So uh, to give you a prime example, just the other day, I flew up to Tennessee. It was a rural part of Tennessee to pick up Pam. And Pam has cancer. And I was flying her to Noonan, Georgia, to the Cancer Treatment Center in Noonan, Georgia, to receive her treatment. And I asked her, I said, you're in Tennessee, you're right by between Memphis and Nashville. Can't you get treatment there? And she says, well, the doctor I was seeing was seeing so many cancer patients that he couldn't give me any quality time. And I was watching TV. I saw the ad for the Cancer Treatment Center in Noonan, and I told my husband, that's where I want to go. 
And through them, she discovered Angel Flight, and we will be flying her over the next several years for her treatment. So I went up, I picked her up, I flew her to Noonan, Georgia, dropped her off, and then a few days later, another pilot picked her up and flew her back home, all for free. So, and that's what I was wondering about as as I was listening to you describe this. That's that's an amazing gift, really, that's and tough. and benefit to to offer those folks to. I mean, because obviously the cost of that would be absolutely prohibitive. She would not have been able to do that. I mean, yeah. how long a drive is that? Seven, eight hours, mm-hmm. just one way, right? Okay. Her husband was able to stay at work and continue to work while she was in good hands down in Noonan, Georgia. They gave her the bed. They gave her, you know, where to sleep and took care of her. And uh, it was so much better than, you know, what she was receiving. Talk a little bit about your story, Bert, with regards to how you became involved and, and you know, what made you want to be a part of it. I, I, I can see where it would certainly be rewarding to, to, to do so, but talk about that story. Great. I love to. Uh, <laughs> uh, in 1999, I received my uh, instrument rating, which allows me to fly in clouds and such. So uh, with that ticket to, to fly... I wanted to do something with it. And where I learned to fly was at uh, DeKalb Petrie Airport. And right above where I was taking my flight lessons was Angel Flight's office. I walked in. <laughs> I met Janine. It was just a two-person uh, show at that point. Uh, and I said, I'm here to help. And I flew my first mission. And it was right after I flew that first mission, I said, this is more about what we're trying to accomplish than it is about me getting the joy of being able to fly. As a pilot, I want to fly. That's always what I'm thinking of doing, looking up in the air and saying, where's that plane going? Where's that plane going? So after that first mission, I said, I came back and I told Janine, I'm here to help. I'm here to get involved. I want to make this a successful organization. So I joined in 1999 and I've been writing the center of it ever since. I make him think it's his full-time job. <laughs> I was wondering, I mean, so do you do you have work that you do outside of your, your work here? Yes, I'm in a uh, partnership of the last independent office supply company in the city of Atlanta, Arclight yeah. Office Supply, and uh, I have the privilege of being able to take off when I want and fly the missions, and, and I do. I'm flying, uh, I try and fly at least one a week. Wow, that's that's really great. Now, how many pilots do you do you have now working with you to to help you achieve your mission? We have over a thousand volunteer pilots in our service area. Yes. They're all angels like like Bert. Man. And our service areas: North Carolina, South Carolina, Alabama, Mississippi, Tennessee, and Georgia. So you'll make trips to and from those locations, right? So we'll if somebody f- needs to get outside that area. We link with uh, other volunteer pilot organizations. There are about 60 of them nationwide to get people where they need to go, such as um, I flew this little boy, Kevin, from um, Gainesville, Georgia. He was going up to Philadelphia. He's uh, about seven years old, and he's blind in one eye, and they're trying to save his eyesight in the other eye. And he was referred to a specialist in Pennsylvania. So I flew the first leg. I picked him up in Gainesville, flew to Virginia, mm-hmm. where another 
angel flight pilot from another organization picked them it's up. It's like a connecting and, flight. And, and right. Exactly. Yes. But we're all, we're all independent, but we work together. When it comes to being somebody who's eligible to participate in the service that you provide, what do you need to have? I mean, in terms of, do you need to be ambulatory, for example? Yes. Do you need to be able to get on and off the plane yourself? Because I know a lot of people out there were thinking about the life flight helicopters, right. for example. Right. That's a patient who's been injured beyond the ability to get into an ambulance, and, and obviously they're, they're incapacitated. Mm-hmm. But in this case, you need to be able to get on an airplane. That is correct. A small private plane. That's correct. So... Um, so at Angel Flight, I'm going to just back up for just a minute because you got the pilot talking about the patients and boom, <laughs> off we go into the sky. So I do want to just say for a second that at Angel Flight, really, we know that illness isn't stopped by boundaries and we want to be sure that cures aren't either. And so so our volunteer pilots take the skies to get people where, where they need to go as many times as they need to get there. And it's very important. And this is such a great opportunity for us to reach the medical community, understand better really what it is that we do. We are not the air ambulance. Um, patients do have to be medically stable and ambulatory. And when we say ambulatory, uh, we mean you have to be able to basically get into the back seat of a Volkswagen bug. I see. Uh, that's yeah. kind of what I equate your yeah. mobility There's to. There's a little ducking, a little cr- crouching cr- sometimes. Crunching over sometimes. Yeah. So, um, and all the planes are different. Bert's plane is larger and you can walk into his plane. But in general, we're flying four and six seat aircraft. So you typically have to step onto the wing and get down into the cockpit to sit for the duration of the flight. We have no no bathrooms or uh, food. We have no medical hookups. <laughs> so it's definitely, um, we help people with scheduled appointments and particularly people that have a repeated need to travel. Um, that I think is the beauty of Angel Flight is, is that we help people, as you said, with so many different medical conditions and we take them on for the duration of their treatment need. We have patients that we've been flying since Bert and I started 18 years ago. We're learning about Angel Flight Source from Janine Chambers and Bert Light, how they help the patient population out there that has the need to go between states in most cases, sounds like, uh, to try to get access to care available that's not accessible easily for them, either due to cost or distance. I'm interested to know when it comes to who needs your service. Obviously, you talked about cancer. Uh, it it would seem like there's going to be a lot of those patients that would be referred to you. Are there particular populations that you really wish knew more about you that you're trying to reach? Well, we're very happy to be reaching the doctors through the Medical Association of Georgia. Um, Typically, we work with social workers in hospitals, um, and that's wonderful. A lot of times, you know, that's a high turnover position, and quite frankly, they're very, very busy with what they have to do. So to think also about the value out of Angel Flight to be able to get you back and forth kind of slips the minds. I think that a lot of the patients that we're serving live in in rural areas, although plenty of people from the city as well. And their doctor says, you know, you have this condition and you need to see a specialist in Atlanta or maybe Boston or Cincinnati. And oh, by the way, here's an organization that can get you there. One of the most important messages that I would really like to share today is that we want to help people. I think a lot of times when people think about angel flight, they think we're that emergency or that it's very, very expensive, which yes. it certainly is. And private flying is is, yeah. is is very expensive. Our pilots want to help people. I and mean, you see the passion in Bert's face talking about his patients. Uh, a lot of the times our pilots will basically adopt a family and say, I want to take them on all their missions. Uh, a lot of the patients that we fly, fly once a week um, for years. And so those are the people that we really want to make the difference for. 
um, all of us can afford to get ourselves to the doctor once. Mm-hmm. What, when you have to continue to go back, um, that becomes a burden for almost most families. And like Bert had mentioned, you know, he can fly her to the doctor. Her husband gets to stay at work that day. Um, if you've got a, a sick child that you're taking and you have other children at home, you, know, you want to be able to be part of your family and also go through the treatment for your other child. So we fly on demand for each patient. We we send a pilot and they're planning to fly particularly to their location, fly them to where they need to go, get them back home when they need to go. Um, so that we feel like that really helps with the healing process. When it comes to talking to the physicians out there or the physician extenders that might be referring a patient for care that would require travel like what you're talking about. And from from their perspective, as they try to understand who who would I need to identify? Is there is there kind of a decision tree, if you will, that would guide me as a as a physician or or other clinician to be able to say this would be a great candidate to refer over? How should they think about who they should link with you? Or is it is it a financial based kind of conversation? I mean there is. giving them some ideas of how to how to best utilize your resource by referring the right people to you. First of all, we say just call us. You know, each situation is a little different. We definitely are helping people with a financial need. 65% of the people that we help may have household income of less than $25,000. That doesn't preclude other people with much higher incomes. That is the majority of the people that we're helping right now. Um, Some of the people that we help is not a financial need, but it's because of their condition. Um, Maybe they have immune challenge issues and they can't travel on commercial transportation. Um, that happens with a lot of people um, that, you know, if you're a cancer patient and you're traveling and, and you get exposed to all the other germs in the plane, now you're too sick to get your treatment once you get there. Um, additionally, because of the locations of where we're flying people from, there just isn't access to, to other public transportation and pretty much driving or buses become the only option. Or the repetitiveness. Right. That could be, there's, uh, we're lucky here that we have a, one of the best burn centers in the country in Augusta, Georgia. Right. And we're, that's one of our top uh, destinations these days from all over the state, all over the Southeast mm-hmm. are, are coming to the Joseph Steele Burn Center in Augusta. Imagine that you, you've got a burn and you're gonna have to travel by car for five, six hours that if Angel Flight flew, you're there 45 minutes to an hour. A burn covering three quarters of your body, for right, instance. Right, right. We flew um, Nick, 13, he's been going to the burn center for 13 years, mm-hmm. 133 surgeries, yeah. and he found out about Angel Flight three years ago, and we're flying him every week, mm-hmm. every week for treatment, for surgeries, and continual care. Mm-hmm. It's- Goofy question, perhaps. If if I'm somebody, I do have some measure of means, can I pay for the service? No, you can donate to Angel Flight. Okay. But uh, as a pilot, uh, there are FAA rules of uh, I see. what I can and cannot accept. For commerce, if you will. I see. Right. So I, it, I just need hire. to be a contributor to the organization if I wanted to. And that's, that's always right. a, a good thing. And that does happen. I mean, we have you know some people yeah. that are in six-figure incomes for sure, but because of immune issues. They can't travel on commercial and themselves or their church or their family may make a donation to Angel Flight. Mm-hmm. So what we do as an organization is we recruit volunteer pilots like Bert um, and get them to donate their time and services um, and expertise and, and their passion to Angel Flight. And then we work with the medical community and the community at large so that people know that we're here to serve. And then I'm 
and we bring the groups together and coordinate um, this sounds very simple. It's, it's quite complicated, but t- we coordinate the missions. And, and I was just wondering about that from a logistics perspective, how mm-hmm. you're keeping who's going where with mm-hmm. a thousand pilots. That's that's a lot of people. So, so on yes. the website, I, as a pilot goes on, there's a section for pilots and it lists all the missions out as far as they're scheduled. And uh, I pick, oh, I'll fly this one on this particular day. And that's how how we schedule them. I see. And we have an amazing mission coordination team. Um, our our director of mission operations has been with us also for 18 years. And uh, we call her the weather lady uh, because that's a really important part of the success of the missions. Today's, you know, not a beautiful day, uh, but by our pilots are instrument rated and can fly through weather. But she, it is, it is an amazing process to watch this coordination. It takes a lot of, a lot of passion, quite frankly, and changes a lot. Um, each mission that we coordinate takes an it takes anywhere from twelve to forty five touches, yeah. and that depends on you know we work with the referring doctor and the destination doctors and facilities. Uh, we work with if they're staying in the Hope House or Ronald McDonald House, and you know help to coordinate that. Um, although we don't provide the ground transportation once they get there, we can like in Atlanta, certainly where our headquarters are located, we can help a lot with that, and then we work with taxi companies um, in different locations, and we try to set up a flat rate for the patients to get back and forth as well. So, And as Bert mentioned earlier, most of the missions have links. So our primary area, we serve patients that reside in our six-state territory, or you're traveling to them or through them. So um, typically, and Bert take a route from Bert flies out of McCollum here in Atlanta, but he may be picking up a patient in Bainbridge, Georgia. And they're going to ultimately maybe Johns Hopkins. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. And I don't do the routing myself, so I'll let Bert tell you where that handoff might be. Uh, well, typically we like to keep our pilots within uh, three, 400 miles of uh, their home base. So sometimes it could be three links, but I gotcha. to, to get a patient where they need to go. So he may leave from from McCollum Airport in Marietta and go down to Bainbridge and bring them back maybe to North Carolina, where it's going to meet another patient that may take them on to Virginia and then so forth. And that's transparent transparent to the patient other than they have to obviously change airplanes. But we work in the background with the other sister organizations to ensure that people get to where they need to go. So being able to refer a patient, I guess all I need to do is just make a phone call to you to say, hey, I've got this patient, this is their situation, or are they somebody that you would be able to assist? That is correct. And, you know, if it's someone that we can't, for instance, we can't fly coast to coast, so we would connect them with a sister organization in their right area. We're a member of the Air Care Alliance, which is a national umbrella of different, we're called public benefit flying organizations. We fly for the benefit of the public. Uh, most of us do what we do with medical flights, but there are other organizations, some you may be familiar with, that fly dogs and different like that. Um, so, yes, that is what we do. We do have criteria, and you can actually request a, a mission on our website. You can call our office. Um, our website is angelflightsource.org. And right on there, you can request a mission yourself. You, Quite frankly, sometimes people's neighbors or friends just call and go through the preliminary process with us. And it is that you have a medical need that can't be filled in your local areas, first and foremost. Next, you have to be um, ambulatory, like we talked about, and medically stable. And you can't have a contagious condition. Obviously, our, our pilots are, are offer volunteers. And you can't need any kind of medical assistance in flight. I see. Um, we do have some patients that travel with their nurse. It's not 
it's not common, but it has happened if for the case where if they have, you know, mobile machines, et cetera, and their nurse can fly to help with that. We help a lot of transplant patients. They're a little different than our normal patients. Typically, we like to have three days advance notice to schedule the flights because obviously we've got to work with the pilot and the doctors and sister organizations. But on transplants, we actually are the only organization in the country that can fly people to their actual live call when they when they receive the organ. If there's a big enough window, which most of them have, depending on where they live and where they need to go and how many hours they have in that window. And we have had... Um, last year, I think that we helped 17 people actually get their organs, which is very exciting. (laughs) That's got to be pretty rewarding for you to be able to be a part of that. When it comes to funding for what you're doing, because we talked about the fact that uh, flying a private plane is not inexpensive. I assume that obviously the pilots are contributing time, and I would assume some measure of of treasure in terms of being able to make the the flight happen as well. But for I would assume you're you're engaging with either business leaders or other philanthropists through the community to to try and expand on your services available. Can you talk about who you're trying to get with with regards to partnering with Angel Flight Source to you know, facilitate what you're doing. Sure. We have uh, grant writers. There are several uh, foundations that uh, are looking to um, to help with transplants and getting the people in Georgia just uh, that they're going to be taken care of with the transplants. So we're applying for uh, foundation money through them. But there's many grants that we are uh, writing every day. We're relying on... Um, our tournament of angels, which is our golf tournament coming up on May 10th at Chateau Alain. Okay. We have a clay shooting uh, event coming up in September. November 15th. Uh, November 15th, uh, which will be uh, great. It's our second year of, of that. So we're uh, we're also going to have uh, a hanger dance uh, later this year in October. 21st. <laughs> <laughs> you see my job, right? <laughs> uh, so, uh, and then Janine and I are out always trying to find the businesses that uh, will will give money. So I'll tell you that our pilots are our biggest donors. Mm -hmm. Um, The pilots donate their time, their aircraft, and um, their expertise, obviously their hearts. Um, The donations are large. Um, A typical mission that Bert flies, what, Mm -hmm. um, $2,000 for for one flight, and that's just his, his part of it. So what we do is we ask people to match what the pilots are donating to Angel Flight. So we recruit these pilots and may, they make this incredible donation to us. And then we reach out to, like Bert said, a lot of family foundations and corporate foundations and and individuals and corporations. Most of the support does come from foundations. And we ask them to, to help fund flies by matching the pilot's contribution to that. Are there particular certifications or experience background that I need to bring if I want to be one of the pilots that links up and contributes time and energy to making this happen? You want to fly for us? I would love to. I've got to learn how to fly first. There's <laughs> I'm probably not the best recruit at this moment. <laughs> I can fly flight simulator. Though. <laughs> no, we do too. <laughs> That's right. Um, we're always looking for pilots to come and and join in. They have to be uh, instrument rated so uh, they can fly in weather like today. And uh, that's one of our um, always our biggest challenges, recruiting pilots. Uh, the pilots that we have close to a thousand are located throughout our territory. So okay. 
when I go on the mission, there may be a flight from uh, Jackson, Mississippi to Birmingham, Alabama. So we're we're needing pilots over in Mississippi and Alabama to to take care of those. I wanted to mention as well, besides just flying patients like like we do, right after September 11th, that disaster happened. Uh, Janine and I saw what everyone else saw, and we sat back and said, "There's we've got this." great group of pilots. What can we do to help? And uh, at that point, uh, Janine went to the FAA to get a special permission. And I went to the American Red Cross and offered them our services. They're right there on Monroe Drive. And we were the only ones flying the following day. Wow. We flew the head of the American Red Cross from Atlanta to Washington, D.C., if it wasn't for us, he would have had to drive and then go to work. Uh, as well, we flew FBI agents, cadaver dogs. We flew firemen. We flew uh, rescue workers. We flew doctors. We flew uh, blood for uh, the states of um, Mississippi and uh, Alabama. So what happens is when you give blood, it's got to go to yeah. a testing center before it gets, you know, into use. And there they would load up at night onto commercial flights and it would go to Texas where the their uh, center was. So uh, they couldn't do that any longer because everything was shut down. So we dispatched pilots throughout those states. We all met in Jackson, Mississippi, put it on a larger plane, and they flew on to Texas for the testing sites. We even got calls afterwards from the Children's Hospital in Tennessee saying, thank you so much. We were able to continue our surgeries. But all in all, we flew about 72 missions within a two-week uh, span for 9-11. So uh, we became disaster. That's very cool. When I'm looking at the statistics of talking about how you've flown 39,000 mission flights in the 34 years that the organization has been around 3,200 last year. I mean, how big is the overall need? I mean, where uh, is it, how, how big is it compared let, to this? Let me just put that in perspective. In the year 2000, mm -hmm. it was 272 right. missions. And the only difference is opportunities like this, letting people know that we're here to serve. The doctors probably could better assess that. I don't, I don't, feel like that we actually have a great assessment of how many people truly, truly need us, but we, we feel like that we're just barely touching touching the top of it based on our growth that we've seen and just being able to reach out in the area that we have. And in the Southeast, there's a greater need um, for people to travel. Transportation is a bigger challenge for people in the Southeast in accessing medical treatment than it is in most parts of the country. Mm -hmm. yeah. We're giving people hope. When, when I fly somebody... Uh, the mother and the child, the child is sick. The mother is in the back of the plane. And it's the first time that they're relaxed because they can't, they're not having to handle the flight. I mean, they're, they're, when they're on the ground, their minds are always racing and thinking of what I need to be doing, what I need to be doing. So my, my greatest compliment is, uh, and I have pictures of people falling asleep in the, the, <laughs> the back of the plane. We're giving hope that these people know that their treatment that could definitely be life-saving is located mm -hmm. far away and that angel flight is permitting them to, you know, get them there. So obviously awareness is one of the big 
things holding back your growth uh, and I guess probably just access to pilots who are available and willing to be able to help move patients. Do you know, the pilots are amazing. You know, the men that fly for us are volunteers. There are professionals like Bert who maybe own a business or doctors. We have a lot of doctors that fly for us and lawyers and different um, people that that typically work. We have a lot of retired them as well, but they love to fly and this gives them a purpose. I mean, they love to fly. Like Bert said, they look at this guy, where's that one going? Where can I be going? And once they realize that so many stories are just like Bert's that after the first time they fly and they see how they've touched these people's lives, they want to do more. We, I'm not going to say never because it definitely sometimes happens, but it is very, very, very rare that we can't find a pilot to fill a mission. Um, where our needs are greatest for pilots are on the periphery of our territory, like the, you know, in Mississippi, there's a great need and in, in the edges of Tennessee, actually in all of Tennessee, we need we need a lot of pilots there. We have a lot of pilots in, in Georgia and South Carolina and Alabama and North Carolina. So kind of in the areas, obviously, we're located here. And so most of our outreach has been done I here. See, so yeah. we're always looking to recruit pilots. Um, but they do love to fly. And then we have some of them, like Bert, who's who's a frequent flyer. Um, some of them may fly only one mission a year. And that's perfectly fine. They're volunteers and can do that. And then some are more like Bert. And we're very fortunate to have a handful mm-hmm. that will fly every week. They're our top guns. <laughs> yes. Our award just went to for flying. Al Agerstrom, our... Ooh. Our top flying pilot, um, he is retired, and he flew 56 missions last year. Those guys, we know this handful of guys, our, our top guns, our frequent flyers, we can call on them in, in short notice. Um, and we have, again, a, an amazing mission coordination team. We're families serving families. We want to help people. So, yeah, we we really do need a couple, two, three days to work it out. But if we know that Bert wants to fly today and someone calls and needs to get somewhere this afternoon, we'll make that happen. If we can, you know, coordinate with the doctors, the doctors have to authorize each patient to travel with us. I see. So we rely on a doctor to tell us that the patient is medically stable and ambulatory and that they can fly in under 10,000 um, feet elevation. So it's a non-pressurized aircraft. So we do rely on the doctors to to verify that for us and that they have a legitimate need and a, appointment to go. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so I think that sometimes we have found... I've been doing this for 18 years. And and again, we went from 200 to 3,200 missions. So we've learned a lot from it. Um, and we feel like sometimes that, that pilots want to, you know, it's, it's a great resource. But it's not a scarce resource. And that's kind of a message that we want to get out. We want to help people. And I think that sometimes the doctors very kindly will, will say, you know, yeah, they need help, but they don't really need a private flight. We know that if you're getting treatment once a week for multiple years in your life, you probably do need a, f- a flight to get there every time so that it doesn't completely turmoil in every other yeah, aspect of your life. it can be very disruptive for yeah. your quality of life. Right. And so many people have to quit jobs. You know, one of, the, one of the parents will have to quit a job if they've got a sick child because of the needs that go into it. And if we can, you know, take one small piece of that and, and help them, you know, be, be involved in their families and their communities, then we feel like we've done something really great. It's just like with uh, Brianna located yeah. in um, Bainbridge, Georgia. She comes up to uh, Choa once a week for eyes. She's almost blind. She's 13 years old. Her mother used to drive five, six hours up here for the appointment, the two-hour appointment, but she'd have to get a room and spend the night. It's kind of important. Right. And the, the the meals out and not be with her other kids, the mm-hmm. mother. And mm-hmm. here, 
somebody goes down, picks her up in the morning, flies her up, takes her to Choa, and then someone else is flying her back home there that evening. She's and it's great. Yeah. yeah. Makes a big difference. In <laughs> Share information about where folks can go to learn more about the service or perhaps request to have access for someone they love. You can do anything on our website, just about um, angelflightsoars.org. Um, that's soars like an eagle. Um, our phone number is 877-4-AN-ANGEL, local 770-452-7958. Um, and we, are, we welcome the phone calls. If you have a patient that you're not sure about, you call us, have them call us. Um, we will work with the family or the doctor or pretty much anybody to get it started. And um, you can request it all on our website. You can see the criteria that's there and, and request it and look at missions that we have available. Um, if we're talking to anybody out there that's a, that's a pilot and, and it's an aircraft, we'd love to have your help as well. Um, it's, a, it's a big give, makes a big difference. And of course, it is tax deductible for the pilots, the donation that they make to Angel Flight. They're also on Twitter at okay. Angel Flight Soar and then Facebook.com slash angel flight soars yes and you can link up with them there see information that they're putting out and show your support just by letting other people in your network know that they are around you never know you might just be alive by clicking share uh, on our story today you might just be putting a resource in the hands of somebody that really makes a big difference for them clearly what they're doing at angel flight soars it's touching many many people around the southeast so i'm very pleased to have you all here in the studio today uh, if you've not done so already in the upper left hand corner of the top docs radio so show page you'll see the apple logo there that'll take you to the itunes store where the top docs radio show podcast lives and you can subscribe to us we hope you do that it'll be downloaded straight to your device each week when the new episode comes out you can check it out when it's convenient for you and to everybody that does click share we want to say thanks so much it's a big part of how we get the word out about all of these cool services that are available to help patients around our community so so uh, to everybody that does go to the trouble of, of putting it out there on our behalf, we want to say thanks so much. And Janine and Bert, I really enjoyed having a chance to talk about what you all are doing. It's a really cool service. I wasn't even aware that it was here. So thanks, uh, I'll be happy to help introduce people to the availability of this to the extent that I'm able, for sure. Thank you very much. That's what we try to do. When we go give speeches, we always say, we hope no one in this room ever needs our services, but by you going out and telling the people that you know and the community you live in, we'll get calls. We will get calls from today's radio show. And if you have a question, if you're not sure if the person that you're thinking of would be a candidate, just reach out and, and check in with them. Get your questions answered. Don't make a decision before you talk to them. Uh, talk about what the situation is. Find out if this might be a resource that would help them out and, and uh, it may just put them together with what they're looking for. So um, everybody out there who made us a part of your day today, I want to say thanks so much. We really appreciate your time. Thank you. We'll look forward to catching up with you next week. We'll see you then. 